I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the Des Bishop podcast. It is Monday morning, the last morning in Edinburgh. It's eight o'clock. And I'm just packing up my last few things to head off to the airport and back to Ireland. And I am very excited to get this up on the podcast before I leave because today's episode is a chat with Jordan Raskopoulos. She uh, is recently transitioned from being a man to a woman. And I've known Jordan for a number of years. She's the lead singer of Axis of Awesome, a great Australian comedy trio. Uh, you can see their videos online, tons of viral hits on YouTube. Uh, great, great bunch of guys, as I knew them before. And then absolute shock, uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago, Jordan put up a Facebook post saying she was now a woman. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was, one of, it was the first time I'd ever known anybody to transition. And it blew my mind. And... Of course, I was dying to talk to her. Uh, she's back in Edinburgh. The access are back in Edinburgh. Business as usual. Uh, but I really did think that she'd just have a pain in her hoop with chatting to people about this. But she was very gracious with her time, and I really enjoyed the chat. And I had tons of questions. Put my foot in it loads. Uh, because... You know, I, I've never known anybody in this situation, and obviously because of Caitlyn Jenner, it's such a huge topic, but I didn't really care about it in, in that sense. I just was curious to know uh, what she had been going through earlier in her life, and uh, she explains it really well, you know, listening back, uh, which you guys are about to do. It, it, was, it was much more interesting than I remember while we were chatting, you know, and that's that's really the first time that I've had that experience. So I don't want to build it up too much. Uh, and I tried to leave in as many of my stupid pronoun mistakes and, you know, because it's a process for everybody. You know, it takes time to, you know, when you've known somebody as a man and then they're a woman, that is, it's not the easiest switch. I mean, listen, Jordan's not like my best friend. I haven't known Jordan that long, but it was still, you know, it's still a switch, you know, in your mind. So anyway, uh, enough from me. Ladies and gentlemen, from Australia, in Edinburgh, recorded in the meadows on a beautiful afternoon a few days ago in Edinburgh, Jordan Raskopoulos. Jordan, Jordan Bridget now. Yeah, Jordan Nicola Bridget. Oh, Jordan Nicola Bridget. Yeah. So how do you, the, the, the last question you'd probably expect to be asked, how do you properly pronounce your last Raskopoulos. name? Raskopoulos. Yeah, Raskopoulos. Oh, I do pronounce it correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it used to be Nicholas, and... Um, Oh, you were Nicholas? Uh, Jordan Nicholas. Jordan Nicholas. And then, uh, so I went to get that changed to Nicola, and then it was like $180, and I'm like, I'm going to pay 180 bucks to get rid of two letters. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take another name as well. So. Oh, so you added Bridget. So I added Bridget. That's so funny, because you, you, you guys are Greek, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad's family is Greek. I, yeah, I grew up with a lot of Greeks. Yeah. And there's always a Nick. 
Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. is there is always a nick totally. in totally. the in the usually usually a couple because like cousins all have the because everyone's named after their grandparents. Yeah. So cousins always have the same names. Yeah, Nico, Nico, Elado. Yeah. Was your dad from Greece or was he? The uh, yeah, he was from Castoria, so up in the uh, northwest near the Albanian border. Did, did he grow up speaking Greek with you then? Uh, a little bit. He moved, They all moved to Australia when he was two. Ah, uh, yeah, because my buddy, like my closest friends were the Geocarcasses. Right. And uh, Nick said he died when he was 18. Very sad. Yeah. He had a degenerative heart condition. But they, they spoke Greek, so it was always like, Nico, helado! Yeah. You know, the mother <laughs> telling them to come Please back. Please porta! <laughs> yeah. yeah, so anyway, yeah. Uh, so you are my first friend, somebody that I knew in the past that yeah. has transitioned. Right. From a man to a woman. More or less, yeah. 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 It absolutely blew my mind when I saw it on Facebook. I mean, yeah. we quickly chatted about it, getting a coffee there, but yeah. now that we're recording. Yeah, we can talk about it properly. I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about transgender stuff over the yeah. last two years, but I just was shot. Like, I know Bethany Black. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I've only known Bethany as a woman. Yeah, right. You know? And, but you, I, 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 honestly, bro, I was just like, <laughs> I, like, I didn't see it. N- not not an inkling in my mind. No, no one really did. Um, yeah, it was something that I kept very sacred and I was, I was ashamed of. I learned early on in childhood that it was something to be ashamed of. And that was not not um actively forced on me like it's not like i was ever caught playing with dolls or dressing up or anything yeah. like that but it's just um popular media i think at the time you know the way that um you play like a girl you throw like a girl that type of that stuff. kind of stuff and the fact that you know jerry springer and um m- movies like ace ventura was kind of the only way that oh, i wow. saw Jeez, I never trans, even, trans I, in it's in funny i never media. even uh, thought that i forgot about ace ventura yeah. is actually a bit of a sort of a transphobic totally that the whole finkel is einhorn Einhorn yeah. is finkel yeah exactly um and that trope i mean we probably this is a big tangent but that trope in cinema is trans people being a trap uh, it's kind of kind of one oh, of the crying game was almost yeah. the dishonesty Cry- of the crying exactly, game. Exactly, exactly. Trans people in the past were either represented as as traps or as failures. So they either mostly trans women were the only ones who were represented. So the trans men are pretty pretty much left out. But trans women were either attractive women, usually played by cisgender female actors, who were revealed partway through the film that they uh, had a penis. Yeah. Uh, or they were played by male actors and they were failing at being women. And so there would be um, like uh, John Lithgow in that movie he's in. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember that um, one. I mean, I remember Tootsie, but that was different. Yeah, he was Tootsie, dressing yeah, Tootsie, up as Tootsie, Tootsie, Yeah, Tootsie's kind of more yeah. cross-dressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but different. it's like, yeah, trying and failing to be a woman, you know, and always those cutaway shots of uh, putting on high heels and falling over and not being able to do makeup. and Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so it was either like the the trap trans or the sad trans. So there was nothing in your childhood that suggested that it was it was cool in any way, shape, or form to feel the way that you're feeling. Uh, m- more or less, there was one or two things I really held on to. Um, you know, in the Wizard of Oz books, there was a character called Ozma, who was uh, the princess of Oz, who was turned into a boy by a witch and raised as a boy and lived as a boy, and then was later revealed to be a princess later on. That was quite like one of the few. And and Samus from Metroid, which is what the video game Metroid. So when that game first came out, the main character was uh, presumed male, advertised as male, and the character wore like a big space suit, and so you never knew. And then at the end of the game, if you ever finished it, you saw that the character was a woman. Ah. And so that was kind of those were kind of the trans narratives in popular culture that I kind of held on to, I guess. Yeah. But 
at the same time, all of my feelings and stuff were only feelings. I, I didn't really articulate were they able to articulate them. Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure you've talked about it a lot. I'm yeah. always conscious because this is like, you know, you came out with a year and a half ago. It's your year and a half uh, birthday. Yeah, so well, it's a year and a half on hormones today, but it was nearly two years that I came out. Yeah, no, nearly a year I came out because I started hormones before I came out, but nearly two years before I kind of started the journey. Right, because so like, what are you feeling as a kid? I mean, I, I feel like I'm probably asking you to repeat stuff no, you've said a million fine. times, I mean, but I, I genuinely, I all I have is curiosity. No, it's cool. It's all new to me. Yeah, I mean, I kept it all secret for 32 years, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm being able to talk about it is still a novelty. Okay, cool. So uh, when you're a kid, like, what are the, f what, what do you? Well, okay, so the, for me, I mean, a lot of people are different with the ways they do it, and, I, and one of the things I say is, you know, a lot of people talk about the trans community, trans community, and and that community is only made up of people who have come out. Yeah. Whereas a lot of trans people, and there isn't, the, hasn't been the media um, or, or the representation, deal with it on their own and deal with it in, in unique ways. So for me, um, it, it came out as I wished I was a girl. I thought I should be a girl. I envied girls a lot um, as, as a kid, and but knew that was not something I should be doing. So I um, became hyper-masculine. Oh, right. So I presented like I was into really blokey stuff um well, was that a conscious decision um no no just happened it, it, it happened I, I knew it was shameful and um you know i would indulge in secret um but never it was always something that you know if anyone ever found out i would yeah. be and when would you be indulge shamed. in secret that's just dressing up and stuff dressing up and playing with things and um, you know uh, reading and you know and it, and it evolved throughout different decades of my life sure of course yeah. um and you know when it when adolescence sort of came in and hormones kicked in, I mean, that was very distressing to have all male hormones, but I'm, you know, I'm attracted to women. Yeah. So, um, through, yeah. So as a teenager, I was both attracted, I was attracted to women that I found attractive, but I was always, I was so attracted to women that I wanted to be. Oh, right. Yeah. So, um, there was this kind of, yeah, this duality in the women that I kind of, um, was dating and, and attracted to. It's confusing. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was like, and, and one, and you know, there's, you know, but there was a specific type and it was like I was l uh, living vicariously through being with them. Yeah. A little bit. And right. then when they went out, I'd try their clothes on. So. <laughs> Re really? Yeah. Yeah. So, were you, did you, were you sometimes attracted to the women whose clothes you like the best? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. yeah. But like, what was the... W was there a specific time where it was like, fuck, this is a real thing? Like, did, when was the moment that you went, oh, shit, I actually want to be a woman? Um, yeah, look, it, again, like, it, the, the, the turning point was just after Edinburgh two years ago. Oh, right. So that was when I said I have, have, to, I have to transition. Um, but there were, there were times when I would, I would say, I, like, I made the same birthday wish every year since I was a kid. I wish I was a girl. Yeah. Really? Wish, yeah. Wow. And that was all the way up to 30, you know? Wow, I would that's still, in, in my heart of hearts, just wish that. Wish that some, I would wake up the next day as a woman. And, and then as my life became more complicated, as I had more relationships and everything, I grew fond of them. And at the same time, but then felt that that was incompatible with life as a woman. Yeah, that plus you now have a public... Yeah, you're, you're a well-known person. Totally, and everyone knows you as as Jordan, the 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 front man of Axis of Awesome. Yeah, and that was the. I mean, I think I thought about it quite a bit uh, around 2000 and 
maybe 10 years ago 2006 right so i'd just come off doing a tv show in australia sketch sketch show it lasted two years having a bit of a career slump and i was thinking like if this slump lasts a year and i don't have a career in television anymore i'm gonna do it all oh, right so you but were then you, even that long ago you were already in the i'm gonna do it yeah but i mean it's it and you had literature you had access to literature online and you'd look stuff bit. up you knew that that there was a there but was an a, there was an option yeah i knew i knew about transgender people i knew about well i knew about sex changes that's about yeah. as my, and i knew that they existed i'd seen enough jerry springer yeah. to know that they existed but again even just googling it like it was a the whole experience was a series of dares like i you know dared myself to try my mom's clothes in secret you know and i would dare myself for weeks and weeks and weeks until i finally did it and then i dared myself to google it you know yeah and and that for months and i was like oh is this the day that i'm gonna google it yeah and basically you know and then um dared myself to tell someone you know and when did you first tell somebody um so oh let's not talk about that <laughs> if that's okay, all right yeah, 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 no, yeah no problem yeah. so uh all right so anyway yeah i've seen your facebook post you came out yeah What's your life been like since? Um, it's surprisingly uneventful. I mean, that's really a, yeah. Do um, you think Caitlyn Jenner had something to do with that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I started I started my transition prior to her coming out publicly. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. So yeah. that was kind of happening while I was in the closet, um, and so I'd started hormones, but I had I wasn't. All oh, right. Okay. So I found it very frustrating because I found her her story frustrating because it didn't really it wasn't the same as mine. It wasn't analogous to mine, and it was being presented as the true trans narrative. Um, and I wrote about that uh, under a pseudonym. Right. So I wrote it under a pseudonym as, as Nicola Fierce um, and wrote about <coughs> how um, problematic I found it. And, and I mean, her journey is her journey and that that's fine. Like, that's totally yeah. fine. I'm not, I'm not she has a right to have her journey. Totally. Yeah. But it's kind of the media's fascination with her yeah. didn't extend to other trans people and other trans identities and stuff like that. So for her, I felt like she was Bruce until she became Caitlin. Like she did her final, he did that Diane Sawyer interview as Bruce. Yes. Then drew a line under Bruce and then um, had her surgery, like had her facial surgery and her breast augmentation and did that all in secret. And a couple of months later emerged on the cover of a magazine in lingerie. Yeah. And for me, I was furious because I was like, how, as you know, how, patriarchal to to do your final act as a man to have a thoughtful interview on television and your first act as a woman to be on the cover of a magazine in your undies you know and it was i was just angry i was like why why couldn't you be yourself the whole time or why, why which which one is the real you like yeah and so for me for me so much of my story is about continuity because i loved aspects of my life like Apart from having gender dysphoria, I enjoy my career, my friends, my family, my pursuits, my hobbies. That's all the same. And for me, trans transitioning, I didn't want to lose that. And a lot of people feel like you do have to lose that. And I did at, start, at the start. I thought I'd have to give up my career. I thought I'd have to... Really? Yeah, start over. And a lot of people do. And that's the... That's the I did choice. wonder it. I did wonder, yeah. were you still going to do Axes of Awesome, actually? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I... I in, in transition, you know, I, I, I thought I'd have to give it up and I was resigned to give it up at that point. And it's what helped me back from doing it earlier. But then discovered the story of Laura Jane Grace, who's a punk singer from Florida who transitioned and stayed singing in the same band. And, and I was like, oh, holy shit. Well, I there's nothing more punk than fucking saying I'll be who I want to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was completely punk. But then for me, it was just like, oh, fuck. I didn't even know that was an option, right? And, and so for me, 
keeping yeah staying with the band keeping my name is a big symbol for that like the fact that I didn't change my name yeah but you were kind of lucky you had a I did <laughs> I did you I had a name that but you I could keep I considered changing it like yeah. because even though it was even though it's a gender neutral name um, changing it to a feminine name means I day to day would be gendered correctly it would make transition in some ways a lot easier right okay more difficult for family and friends um, and for, for some people they need that they need to start over but for me I wanted to I wanted to continue my life I wanted it to be this was my story up to that point this is my story now but it's one one story and I'm still proud of the work I did I'm still proud of the life I lived we still sell all our old albums with the old artwork with me as a yeah you don't a you, you don't want to wipe that person no, from existence no, I'm proud of that work like that was that's my life's work right yeah. up until you know except for the last 18 months that's my life's work um, and I'm proud of it and I know and I want to promote that message because it's not one that I encountered and it's one that I needed you know, and yeah. I know that message has gotten through to people. Like I've, I, we, I've been contacted by people saying, "I came out to my parents. I didn't know I could just keep being me." You know, I thought yeah. I had to start over. And you know, in terms of the way that trans people were dealt with medically, they did have to start over, even into the nineties. That the the standards of care called for them to um, move and start new lives and not be discovered. Um, yeah, well, I read yeah. that story about the the transgender model mm. black woman i forgot her name uh who's now back in the media actually she's currently on the cover of a magazine right enough. okay but she lived in secret in the 70s yeah and then was discovered and her career was destroyed yeah I right mean, a very different time yeah but it also made me realize that people have been suffering with this for so long like yeah, suffering forever. when i say suffering i mean the secret i don't mean no, suffering don't. with the disease no, well, <laughs> you know you. what i mean no but people do suffer i mean that's what that's what it is like the diagnosis is gender dysphoria so it used to be gender identity disorder right okay and it was treated as a mental illness um and in i think it was 2012 so not that long ago it was changed to gender dysphoria so and it's not a mental illness well, well sorry so not treated as such well so the gender part like that's not a problem it's not a problem that people's gender identity is different from their bodies the problem is the distress that they cause so what you're actually treating is the, dis the distress yeah and um the dysphoria so dysphoria is the opposite of euphoria oh right okay um and so that's what you treat and the treatment for that is transition they've tried heaps of stuff they've tried electroshock therapy they've tried you know drugs they've tried everything and basically it's like you can't change someone's brain to match their body but you can change someone's body to match their brain then if anything it's a physical condition it's a physical problem with people's bodies that doesn't go with their brain yeah i mean for me when people say what does it feel like um initially i didn't have an answer for that you know because i didn't have an experience of not feeling it like it was consistent and persistent in my life that gender, yeah. gender dysphoria that that sense was persistent and normal and it's only now that it's kind of going away um that I can kind of articulate it, that my brain expects my body to be female. Yeah. And when it notices that it's not, it despairs. And that could be socially, um, physically, hormonally, consciously or subconsciously. And it's that sense of despair of just looking in the mirror and having that feeling. Like if you imagine that you were driving your parents' car, like as a teenager, mm. you weren't supposed to, and you wrecked it, that gut-wrenching feeling, oh, that yeah. moment, like that just that moment when you knew everything's fucked. Yeah. It's that feeling, like really? that physical sensation. Do you think that's different body. to depression? Yeah, yeah, totally. You think it's a different I've feeling? i both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would imagine that gender dysphoria could lead to depression yeah, as well as that totally. despair. And there's a lot of comorbidity with um, 
yeah, a, a lot of um, conditions from being in that sense of despair, having that having sure. that sense of despair about your body uh, and your life and your relationships and every because it's gender is just it's everywhere. Like, and y- people don't even think about it. Like babies before they're born, the, the room is painted a particular color. You know that. They've done studies with infants where they've got uh, women to, to look after infants. And depending on how the infant is dressed, so they've, you know, dressed the kid in pink or blue. Um, if the kid is dressed in blue, if it's walking around and falls over, they will encourage it to pick itself up. If it's dressed in pink, they will pick it up and right. comfort it. You know, even from that young age, we treat um, boys and girls differently. But did you want to be treated differently just in terms of like the confusion of gender and identity? Were you aware, say, at eight and nine that people were treating you the wrong way but they didn't know um, like like yeah like in other words like i know the way that i was like you know hugged and nurtured yeah. and all that stuff did you feel like nah this is not yeah i was like doing it wrong why does why does my dad kiss my sister's hello and and shake my hand right know? yeah like why um yeah like all that kind of stuff why well, you know why does my sister why do i have to go and play rugby and my sister gets to wear pretty leotard and, and go ice skating were you, you good know? at rugby i'm great at rugby and now i do roller derby so i get to wear pretty leotards oh and basically do rugby you know? god that's you, you you fit you're, you're too much into the role there but <laughs> bloody roller derby i know right <laughs> i know i'm just yeah i know i'm you, you, yeah, you're I fitting a stereotype. I'm only know, kidding. I know, and it's the same stereotype. <laughs> Stephanie Blackfeet. Um, but hey, so like I, 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 I went, to saw, I saw her show, and she's like, "Yeah, so look, I do roller derby, and I've got like the, the lesbian side undercut, and I'm like, I'm sitting there in, in front of her. I'm like, we're wearing the same outfit. God, um, yeah, you just you fit right into it. Yeah. So I, I know that there are elements of of your family that you don't want to talk about, which is yeah. absolutely fine, but. In as general a term, like, how has it been for some of them, those that you could talk yeah, about? Yeah, look, it's good. I mean, for the people closest to you, it's the hardest. Sure. Um, uh, it's And, and then there, there is, um, for many trans people, that their, their family kind of has a sense of mourning for a while. Yeah, because um, I definitely, I, as I, I was telling you, I heard this more thing, and yeah. she did say, I want my daughter back. Yeah. This is what this woman was saying. Like, yeah. why have you taken my daughter from me? Yeah, and, it's, and that's the thing, is that when your I- identity is part of their identity. It's difficult when they're someone who has a brother or they're someone who has a son and suddenly being told that they have a sister or a daughter. That's something that, that's difficult to deal with. And just on a on a day-to-day level, those neural pathways of, of what pronouns you use for this person... Yeah, I've been fucking up the pronouns totally. the whole time. That's Yeah, I mean, and it's fine, but when the closer you are to the person, the more entrenched that is. Yeah. So it's really weird for me that strangers gender me correctly 100%. You know, they've never met me before. They say me, I'm a woman, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, whereas my dad can't get it right, you know? Like, and it's just, it, it. you need to practice. Like, it's a muscle that needs to be trained. And I need to do it too, like, for myself, that it's, I, I, I've done, I've said she enough in response to myself, so she feels right, normal. Yeah. Right. It's, it's rehearsed, and it's, it's overtaken the he part of my brain that was yeah. there. But other, uh, like, daughter and sister, I haven't, I don't, say those words as much as I do oh she. yeah like when you describe your family do you yeah. find it weird to go my dad had uh, I don't know how many yeah. brothers and sisters yeah yeah, had, yeah but it's but like but it's just saying yeah I, I, you know I, 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 are you Peter's kid yeah I'm Peter's daughter, daughter. yeah yeah that's weird yeah. right and then it's weird it's weird also I mean just from a feminist perspective that there's still kind of still kind of statuses associated you know subconsciously with gender roles and things like that 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 I kind of like am I am I Am I worth less now that I'm a woman? You know, to, to yeah. Other would people. I not inherit? 
I mean, yeah. inheritance is not as, uh, you know, it, it doesn't go to the oldest boy anymore mm. like it used to. But like all of a sudden, are you saying goodbye to the family riches because well, you're yeah. not the oldest boy? Totally. I mean, it, but it also just privilege in general, you know, and I know a lot of trans women struggle with that, that suddenly um, this, this sudden loss of privilege that um, male bodied people, people living as men don't um, really have a... A knowledge of, or or an understanding, you know, an understanding of, but not an experience of. Suddenly, experiencing the oppression of being female in the world, and it f- and flips a lot of people out. Now, and are you do do you feel suddenly you you know what it's like to be a woman in terms of the limitations now uh, because you're a woman? Yeah, in certain aspects. I mean, I'm conscious of the fact that my like my career, for example, was built with male privilege. Like, I was a guy when we started Access of Awesome. We did it for for nine years with me as a guy. We we built this thing. I, I, I believe that if I transitioned earlier or if I'd been um, born cisgender female, I don't know if we, we would have achieved the same things, doing yeah. the same jokes, doing the same whatevers. And, you know, I've been asked in interviews, you're like, well, you know, how has the comedy community been? And I'm like, oh, very accepting and everything. So, so you think it's a better place for transgender comedians? I'm like, no, it's a better place for people to transition when they've already got a career. I don't think it's that great for people who are trans who are starting out. And, the very, and, and then that puts on me a sense of responsibility it's like okay well i have this perspective I have this understanding and i have this privilege of having a career that yeah. i built it's my role to speak about it and help other women help other trans people help other queer people build careers so you know we, we're talking with that you know between the three of us of how we can do that and that one of those things is that you know when we tour we always hire a female support act you know, stuff oh like really? Stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, just to to market and to to, to do your bit. Yeah, well, just to give opportunity. But it's kind of weird because you just you're taking on a whole other set of discriminations. Yeah. Yeah. So a woman's not going to be able to identify with what you're going through, like you know, well, just you mean, what, what like I mean, a, just just in terms, just in terms of, like you were talking about male privilege, but like you're you're taking on a whole set of things that that a woman you know that has grown that has lived her whole life as a woman won't understand that sure. is the discrimination of that transgender people feel like the bathroom situation sure sure yeah yeah so i mean you, yeah there are there are privileges that cisgender women have that transgender women don't totally and um so when i mean when you talk about privilege you know privilege is just something that you have that someone else doesn't have access to yeah you know and i mean i have i have I have privileges over cisgender women at the moment, and I can still piss standing up. That's a privilege I have that a cis, cis woman doesn't have. <laughs> oh, that's so handy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, although I've occasionally done it in, in like, uh, um, women's bathrooms and then left the seat up as I've walked out. I'm like, oh, no, no, you got to... Yo, you got to... Yeah, that is not... respect this space. Like, you sit in this space. Yeah, but I got um, a lot of issues with toilet seats in terms of, like, when people piss on them, I think yeah. it's, like, the lowest of the low. It's pretty rank. Pretty rank. Yeah, yeah, so you got to put the seat back down. Although, you know, it's not that big of a deal, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but it was just a big of a deal instead of, like, I pretty much outed myself because the next person who walked in saw that the seat was up, oh, turned yeah. around and gave me a look. Now, yeah. what wh- 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 do you feel about the whole bathroom thing? Do you think it's a really important argument, or is it just one of those odd, like, those odd battlefields that... Well, the thing is, it was never, like... Trans people have been using the bathrooms that align with their identity for decades. You know, it's been go- it's happened, um, and but the, it it kind of seems, particularly in the states, that this is a this is a battleground that's now been drawn because the gay marriage fight was taken away from the conservatives. That suddenly they needed someone new to fight, right? And yeah. so they created created this argument here. And I mean, the, the, it seems that the only real argument is not about transgender people. It's about um, sex offenders pretending to be transgender to, to gain access to space. 
Yeah. Which is this hypothetical situation. Which yeah, because it's so odd. Like, as if that's what it's about. Yeah. Like, like, they're trying to get access to a place where they can exploit and manipulate people. Yeah, which, don't, which hasn't... I mean, which is... So rare. I mean, there's probably one or two instances, but it's yeah, not. And if you want to mess around epi- with people it, in a bathroom, you're just going you're gonna to do it. it. I mean, it's yeah. Not like a I big mean, deal. and that's and the thing is that is already illegal. Like, if you if you're not a, if you're not a woman and you go in and you assault, if you are a woman and you go in and assault someone in the bathroom, yeah, you just can't assault you're not, people. You're not allowed you're to assault yeah, people. Yeah, it's such. A, I, I personally thought it was a it was such an odd place to have a battle. It is. It is. But I mean, at the end of the the, the actual core of of that whole thing, which mm-hmm. people aren't, can't say. Is that I'm uncomfortable around transgender people. Yes, it it's odd and it's weird. Um, I get it. I get it's odd and weird, but it stops being odd and weird once you uh, explore it and understand it. Like, you know, when you're when you find something new, when a caveman found something new, he had two options: he could hit it on the head or he could explore it. You know, and if he hit it on the head, he destroyed it. And if he explored it, he understood something about the world and developed his culture and you know whatever. So yeah. it's like, it's fine that it's weird. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to be though. Like we can talk and we can have conversations and you can understand me and I can explain things to you and it'll become less weird and it'll become more normal. And it it does because the people around me found it weird. You found it weird when it happened on the internet, right? You've yeah, I found it weird. And then I mean, we talk about it. Personally, right? I found it weird, but I kind of found it cool too. Yeah. Well, you know, because like I was just like, wow, that's fucking wild. Okay. So yeah. what, here's, here's one of the immediate things I thought and it, it probably absolutely no connection. Sure. But after my dad was nearly James Bond. Yeah. I saw that show. Yes, I know. And yeah. you came up to me on the street outside the assembly rooms. I and you gave me a hug, but you kind of broke down crying. Yeah. Now I know the show was sad. Yeah. But afterwards, I thought, wow, he must have had so much going on. Yeah. Now it might have just been the sadness from the show, but you had a stronger reaction than anybody else yeah, that right. saw that show. And I, 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 I rethought that moment, and I was like. God, I wonder if he was just struggling all the time and just like having these explosive emotional moments yeah, because w- there was so much going on. Well, I mean, there were so prior to transition, I was uh, emotionally repressed. So uh, because I hid so many, so many, so many of my feelings about my gender stuff and other other issues that I had, and I forced them away. It also, meant I forced away a lot of happy feelings as well. So I was emotionally kind of dead, and so when I was affected if anything it broke through yeah if you felt something it destroyed me right yeah so i i would never cry um except maybe once a year and it would be harrowing you know yeah because i always remember that in fact before i ever before your facebook post i would always say to people yeah jordan had a big reaction to the show yeah right you know like it was something that stood out now of course it could be completely unrelated but it did it did stand out for me you know you know, there were themes of masculinity and themes of relationships with parents and themes of like, and fatherhood and, and all those things kind of, yeah, were... Were, were in there. Were issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. were in there. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I assumed it could... It, it, it was a sad thing about that, so it was fine, yeah. completely unrelated, but it, it did stand out to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so what about, like, the humor side of it now? Like, I'm going to cut out that joke with Al, by the way. Sure. I was just <laughs> fucking No, around, it's fine. But, but it was, like, inappropriate. But, you know, like, like... Are you? You're a comedian. Yeah. We all we, we take aspects of our lives and we turn it into jokes. Yeah. I mean, whatever about doing a show, which we were discussing before mm. we started recording. I, are you finding a ton of humor in it? Uh, yeah, a bit. Uh, it's. I don't know. I mean, in in the show that we're doing here, have you seen this this year's show? No, but I know that you have a song called Elephant in the Room. Yeah. So we have this song called Elephant in the Room. So we started touring this show um, a week after I came out publicly. So we kind of put the video out on YouTube. And then started touring. So when we were writing that show, we like 
I don't know if anyone's going to pay attention to this coming out video. Uh, I don't know how far the word's going to spread. We need to make sure that when I walk out on stage, people don't think it's a joke. You know, right. wearing a dress yeah, and makeup and whatever. Yeah. Um, because my, my biggest fear was that I would walk out and people would be laughing at me. And people would be thinking that we were make, potentially making a comment about Caitlyn Jenner. Or making, yeah. you know, all, all those, or, or that it was just part of the narrative of the show. That because because trans issues are kind of de rigueur, that we decided to take that on board and right, make it, yeah, make of it course. part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we needed to address it. We needed to make sure that people knew it was real. And we need to make sure that it was still entertaining and people were having a good time. So we wrote this song called The Elephant in the Room. And basically it starts out with the boys on stage and they're singing about how, you know, one of us has gone through some changes. It might be strange, but it's real and blah, blah, blah. I walk out and I get a big round of applause. And then we talk about how Lee's gone bald. <laughs> That's a little reveal. And, <laughs> and so we, then we, we, you know, ever since he was a child, Lee's been thoroughly aware that he's always been a bald man trapped inside a man with hair. Right. And we just make it about Lee. But we put on through the song put on late all the stuff that I've dealt with right yeah and so there's a series of questions coming through like as voiceovers like you know now that you're boldly which bathroom are you going to use and now that you're bald do you like men and now that you're bald is your voice going to change are you going to yeah. cut your dick off you know all that kind of I stuff know, yeah well those are all the questions I would never ask you but <laughs> I guess I guess you know I, I thought them but yeah but yeah. I, I, I always think the thing with the, the dick question mm. is I always feel like well that's really none of my business one it's not important yeah you know like it's only important if you're going to fuck but it, and yeah, even that's what I I mean yeah so yeah. it's like it's not something that and you really then, need to care about even then it's not that important as well like if it, there's this whatever there's another there, hole <laughs> there's whatever whatever is there we can have fun with right? yeah yeah like, yeah yeah no i get that yeah but that, that but i always think with that that is actually private man woman transgender it's just private you don't yeah. need to know no like, i never think of asking a woman like you shave your pussy yeah you know yeah or just like hey, so like how how voluminous is your labia like or, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, are you yeah. circumcised or, but but the yeah. other questions like uh you know like i guess it's like who are you attracted to because that is also fluid not yeah. every transgender person is the same no and i mean like in the same way that we're kind of discovering now that the gender binary is kind of false i, I think also the sexuality binary is kind of false as well you yeah. know we're not just gays and straights that there is, Everybody's there is, got their every, own thing. Everyone's got their own thing. There's fluidity. You know? do, do you think that we're heading to a place where eventually it's just like whatever? People won't care or there'll um, always be conservatives? I think there will. I mean, I think, I think, uh, and I'm not sure if this is the question you're asking, but because a, a lot of people have asked me if, if we, we're going to move to a, like a neutral society where everyone's neutral. And I think, no, I think we're doing the opposite. I think it's we're, we're moving to a society where everyone's themselves mm. and that there, there is great variation. There, but there's no pejoratives attached to that variation. That's my yeah. that's my utopia, where it's like you can identify however you want, you can be into whatever you want, and whatever you, you know, the fact that your body is the way it is doesn't ma doesn't connect with the activities you do, or the job that you pursue, or the person you love. Um, but it doesn't mean there's not difference. It's just mean we celebrate difference, except of, instead of making fun of it, or deriding it, or saying that it's wrong, or saying that it's sinful, or whatever. So you know, like. Like gay people have like a, I think quite a different journey in a way, because, like, well, I mean, I guess there's an element of the secrecy, but yeah, you never really got bullied or anything. Um, if you're gay, no, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. like, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, just no. thinking, actually, literally, as I'm sitting here sure, talking sure. to you, like, yeah, yeah, it's quite the different journey. It is, it is. I mean, we we're kind of lumped in, into the LGBT yeah, umbrella. Um, because Are you comfortable with that? Yeah, I'm, I am because we all, we we suffer a similar kind of oppression. Oh, you know? you, yeah, that's that's basically my question was: Do you feel that the oppression is similar? Yeah. That is actually my question. The the, the the kind of the oppression from system. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normative heterosexual um, society, that pressure is similar. Yeah. And, and I identify as a lesbian woman as well. So, I mean, I'm... I'm All right. So you identify. How do lesbians feel about you? Um, you know what? I am so at home with lesbians. Like, I feel like, um, you know, I transitioned and I was, you know, through that time, made a lot of trans friends involved with, you know, a lot of trans support groups and things like that. But kind of found my people once I started doing roller derby and making lots of lesbian friends. And I was like, <laughs> well, when you said you were doing roller derby, the first thought that came to my head was he's a le- he, she is a lesbian now. Yeah. And I didn't want to say that because I thought that was inappropriate, no, but it's no, such no, a totally. lesbian no, thing to do. It's fine, um, yeah. So you have found your home. Yeah, yeah. And it was really weird because like my best friend in high school was gay and came out as gay when he was 16. And I, you know, would at 16 go with him to gay bars and stuff because it was the only place we could get in underage. Right. And he would pick up and then I would make sure he was safe and, you know, whatever. But I always found like the gay men's scene, like, I, d- I didn't like that scene. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, of course, the gay women scene is like total other end of the spectrum. Made for you. Yeah. And it's like, I'm so... And I've been so welcomed within that community back home. Really? And I have so many um, lesbian friends that are all new and um, just wonderful people. And just, just Now, what about kinship. dating? Do lesbian women find you like... Yeah, well, I'm dating a lesbian Oh, you are? Moment. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I was going to well, ask you I mean, I'm dating. I'm dating a woman at the moment, so yeah. She's yeah. lovely. Yeah. I'm dating a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, no I that's I think she great. identifies as Polly, to be honest. But, oh, uh, really? Yeah, it's up, yeah, it's up to her. But Oh, well, that's great, man. I mean, it kind of the young, younger people now, because she's reasonably young, but younger people now kind of are doing away with those binaries. Again, like it's, yeah. again, it's like less about what's between your legs and more about personalities and... Yeah. And well, I mean, like it's such an oddity to me. I mean, look, when I was younger, I would call guys gay and do all that stupid shit. Totally. But in my adulthood... I just don't know why we're so hung up about it. Like, yeah. it's so unimportant. Totally. Like, it's important to the individual. But what I mean is, in terms of our society, it will not make us better or worse. And it's it, just irrelevant yeah. what people do totally. in their love lives. And the thing is, with, with tr- I think the point I was trying to make before is that you, gay people and, and lesbian people, that's a big part of their identity because that dictates how they... Uh, you know who they're attracted to and associate with and you know like that's part of their life their romantic life is part of their lives actively and that becomes uh, an active part of their identity in the way they go out to what they do trans people just want to be their gender so there's kind of that two years of transition you know when you're kind of going through the hormones and going through whatever that that's kind of quite actively part of your identity but then after that after it's done you just like go and be a woman you know and then you might you know your trans status doesn't really 
even affect your own life you know like you just and I, I discovered that early on like I followed a lot of trans bloggers and I you know and they would be very very active about you know the changes that happening in their lives their transition you know what was growing what was changing what was whatever and then with almost all of them they would you know have surgery and then you know talk about the surgery talk about recovery and then not post and then three months later going oh hey I haven't really had anything to talk about but this is kind of what's been happening and then six months later and then nothing just nothing and then two years later they're like yeah my life's normal I, I don't even think about it anymore and then they don't that's it you know and I remember at the time going oh my god can I imagine this not being a big deal not being the thing that just consumes my mind all the time yeah but and then you get assholes like me asking you a gazillion questions about it's it. Fine. I'm st- I'm st- it's still consuming my mind all the time at the moment. But I feel it. Like, like I feel it. It's less. It's what it's about kids? Less less. Does the hormones affect your sperm? Uh, yeah. So I can't. I don't produce sperm anymore. Oh, you don't produce sperm anymore. No. Oh, okay. But I've frozen stuff. It's in a. Oh yeah. It's in a fridge. But if you stop taking the hormones, would it, they come back? Maybe. If you, oh yeah. But, but if you, you don't need to because you've had it frozen anyway. Yeah. So and if you have surgery, obviously they get rid of them. Oh yeah. Oh, that that's that's another big decision you have to make. Yeah. Um, that's private, man. You don't yeah, have to talk private. about no, it. No, no, we can talk about it off air if you like. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, but no, that's um, cool. but yeah. So, so the f- um, without testosterone in your body, then this body will um, eventually stop producing viable sperm. I mean, yeah. probably, maybe there might be a few swimmers in there, but not much. Like nothing comes out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't get any yeah, ejaculate. No, no. Nah. Like the first time I jerked off, uh, the first time I jerked <laughs> off, I didn't get any ejaculate. And I I'd never ejaculated before, yeah. so I was really like, I was really like expecting this explosion, like yeah. you know, because I'd only heard about it. Sure, sure. And uh, oh, to my great disappointment, there was none. Nah, yeah, I was just, just I, I started too early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was I was I was I was pre pre ejaculate. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> See, and during that period, you could have like come multiply at that at that time in your life. Yeah, well, yeah. I could, Jesus. Yeah, I wish I could go back to that time now. Well, that's the thing is, if if you if you make the switch, and once you don't. But what about erections in terms of the hormones? Uh, n- look, they're they're much harder to. It's harder to achieve. Not not much harder as in <laughs> they are they are intense. They are just burnt. yeah. It it, it, it um, does affect your ability yeah, to no. have an erection. Yeah, I barely barely have erections, but mm. you can have fun with a flaccid penis. <laughs> Pushing rope. Did you, you ever hear that expression before? <laughs> no. I never had either, but I have a thing in my show about... Um, I have a whole thing about erectile dysfunction sure, in my show, sure. a whole long routine. But I also say sometimes it's just like not about erectile dysfunction. It's just like not having the patience. Yeah. So you're just kind of halfway there and you, you you try to get it in. And this guy in the front row last week was went, said pushing rope. And I had never known that yeah, there was wow. an expression okay. for it. And I said, I would have called the show Pushing Rope because then it would seem like the show had a theme. Yeah. You yeah. know, and at the end, you realize why it's called Pushing Amazing. Rope. Amazing. But uh, anyway, that's now you have one. a term for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but. Hey, honey, it, you want to push him rope? But that's the thing is it's like, like penis and vagina sex is not the only way to have sex. Yeah, of and, course. And, and, and as a, like, living as a, as a lesbian woman, it's like I'm just kind of finding different ways to kind of explore my body and explore Do my partner's thing, yeah. body. And, and um, yeah, because I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe I'm being, being, being too open, but I don't really like, like, yeah, doing that. No, but I, I listen. My whole bag. I was talking to somebody earlier today about just like why we're so uncomfortable talking about sex. Yeah, like like for some re- whatever. That's a conditioning thing. No, yeah, totally. But it's uh, yeah. I, for me, for me, I don't like it because it makes me feel like I'm a man, basically having ah, like that I know kind what of. You mean you know? Yeah, and yeah, I I get it. Yeah, you have to be real masculine in some of the actions and stuff yeah. like that. So that's what, almost like a turn off in a way, right? Uh, yeah, totally. And also, but like hormone because I'm hormonally female now, I don't really have the same sex drive or the same turn ah, ons right. and stuff like that. So 
Much, I much prefer like a, you know, an evening of cuddling and nipple yeah, play. Yeah, you're fucking like complicated now. Just yeah, yeah, you, you, you're, 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 you're definitely a woman because you're more complicated yeah. sexually. Well, that's <laughs> the thing, and if you kind of, well, I prefer this. I much prefer this. Um, and it's it's funny when people are like, what's better, male orgasm or female orgasm? And I'm like, oh, female orgasm, definitely. Um, and then kind of you know describe the difference in sensation. But if you talk to a trans man, they will they will give you the same descriptions. But talk about how male orgasm is better because it's just that the way that they what their body needs. Yeah, the way yeah, the way they want it. The way their brain's wired. They're like, yeah, look, it's definite, and I know when I'm horny, and I can knock it out real quick, and it's explosive, and when I'm done, I'm done, you know, and um, you know, and I'm like, you know, you know, it's more about feeling, and you got to be in the right mood, but it's, (laughs) and it's slow, and you know, it takes a while to get there, and most times you don't, but it's you know. That's the killer. Yeah, yeah. that's the, that's the sacrifice. When yeah, you, but when but you become a, a woman, the sacrifice. But is it's not a sacrifice. Like as a guy, there was this hunger. Like it had to happen. Like and oh, so that's gone for you. So that yeah. is just genuinely hormonal. Yeah. So like when I try to explain to my, you know, when I'm with a woman, yeah. and I try to explain to them that like when I'm done, something has changed. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I literally could like just go and like get a burger. Totally. That that that's just straight up hormones. And now you know yeah. that because you don't feel that anymore yeah yeah yeah. but also that hunger beforehand and that impatience like yeah like when it it doesn't work out and then it's just like what the fuck what do you mean you gotta get the phone yeah what do you mean even when you have like a like a bad cum and you're like oh fuck what a waste of time you know (laughs) (laughs) oh that's gone sorry oh that's gone but because it was like every every aspect of sex except for the moment of orgasm there was a sense of impatience throughout it you know everything was a Nothing was as enjoyable as that moment. And if that moment wasn't good, the entire experience was disappointing. Whereas now it's like the moments leading up to it are amazing. And it's good too, but if it doesn't happen, it's Dude, cool. I mean, we were talking before. It's free. It's freeing. It's we fucking were ta- freeing. We were talking before about, you know, writing a show about transitioning and everything. Yeah. But here's the amazing thing. You know what it's like to be a man and a woman. Yeah. Well, you I write a I, fucking yeah. book yeah. about how to be a better man <laughs> for women. Maybe I mean I, I because now you know the difference. I did I did consider do, pitching a show to the fringe of uh you know the difference between men and women from someone with the lived experience of both. Yeah, but dude, that because is, that's because you know that's the big comedy me, trope. You know, yeah, women. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but I mean I think to, for me because I I, I want to see your show yeah. about your life. I yeah. want to see that show, but I would also love to see just a funny ass show about your take on that yeah. because even just from talking to you now the fact that you can feel the difference now that you're a woman yeah that's fucking interesting that's interesting yeah i mean there's so many things that are different as well like um like you know when that, that kind of trope of women are more sensitive than men and um, i'm like yeah well I'm, i mean my my body is more is more sensitive under different hormonal conditions so not all women are more sensitive than all men but i'm just talking about my body yeah but it's, I, my senses are different. So not just my emotional sensitivity, which is off the charts. Like I literally cried over spilt milk recently. Um, it dropped a, dropped a carton of milk, had a big, got really teary. Um, but my sense of smell, my sense of taste have, Re- have changed. changed. So I remember early on, like a couple of months in being at a fruit shop, like uh, at a grocer and smelling the smells and then being at one point going oh my god what is that smell that is a delightful smell and that is intense and new what is it and i was standing in front of flowers 
and I turned you around. You smelled flowers differently. I smell, and and, it, and I recognized the smell. Like the smell was the same. The actual, but the affect, the way that it affected my emotions and the way that I affected my body was different. It was like I smelt the flowers, and I'm like, oh my god, flowers are beautiful. Wow. And before I would have like, I smelled them like, yes, that is what flowers smell like. It is a pleasant smell, you know. But now it was like flowers are beautiful, and I was affected by it. Oh, that's amazing. So it's really all about hormones. It's so much about hormones. And that's the thing with the media around trans stuff. It's all about surgery. You know, everyone's like, well, how do they do it? How do they do it? So were you going to do it? What's it, you know, what's the worst happens to the surgery? What happens to the surgery? And I mean, the surgery is a significant part of people's journey. Those who choose to do it, but it's usually like the last step and it's nowhere near as significant as the changes from hormones. And that's the amazing thing is like when people talk about men's bodies and women's bodies and stuff, it's like we have human bodies and human bodies are capable of both experiences. Every human body, you know, everybody in this park around us has within them the potential to unlock either experience. Right. You know, and the fact that, yeah, the fact that the female experience is in every body, like it's in that chemically there and you could trigger it is, is fascinating you know yeah. and then we kind of go you know and, it, and it's that well, what did trans people do before the science um kill themselves <laughs> um <laughs> well this is uplifting let me yeah, tell you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah yeah well i mean in western culture i mean different cultures have dealt with trans people in different ways you know yeah um, like, like what why is there so many in thailand and the philippines like is that a cultural thing or um, is that is that because there's actually like financial benefits mm. for somebody that's feeling that way to just go through it like what no i think it's a, i mean it's, it's largely a cultural thing um and i don't know about i don't i don't know specifically about the history of thailand and the philippines i probably need to do more reading there but i know no, i'm just curious because no, it's, it's definitely more of a thing no it, I, I mean, mean there's a, a tent question. over there full of them yes every day yes yes um i think it's just it, it's cult- culturally more acceptable and um you know i think i don't think that maybe maybe there is a physical tendency like within yeah, that's um, what I was curious. I wonder if hormonally, if there's something maybe more maybe common maybe there? there's more common like in terms of um, biology and, and, yeah, and history yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you th- I do know like other cultures like in India, India have a third gender called the hijra, and that's historic. That's been there for a long time, oh and, right. and they're um, politically recognized in certain ways and, and have access to certain treatment treatments. So, but oh they're, right. they're, they're essentially trans women um, that would become you know a form of eunuch, um, and that. That they are still within Indian society. Um, but a eunuch, you don't identify with eunuchs, do you? No, no. But that, I mean, like that's in the kind Chinese of Chinese court or the eunuchs. No, but that is kind of the way that um, the hijra in India transitioned. You know, and they live their lives as women and oh, and, right, okay. and you know, dr- um, dressed in feminine clothing and stuff. But they but they are separate from men and women. They're a third, right, they have the their third own, gender. Yeah, which you you, that's not cool. Well, I mean, that's their culture. That's cool. Yeah. That's fine with them. I mean, but that's not what you want. No, I'm, yeah. But I, I mean, I grew up in my culture, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe, I mean, maybe if if I was raised differently, I wouldn't be so binary. You know, maybe maybe if I grew up d- differently, I wouldn't need to pursue hormones. I could be just happy living my life. But, oh, you know, it's hard to draw the line on going, what is physical, what is social, and what am I doing for society? And what am I doing for me? I think I'm doing uh, it mostly uh, for me. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I, I think I, I, you seem like you're really, you seem good. It's great, <laughs> you know, like you, I, I, you don't seem to be 
you just seem to have your head around a lot of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, and, and the going way back to before, it's like I dealt with it by myself for 32 years. I read a lot. Yeah. You know, and I knew. It's funny. And then when I finally went to a counselor and said, <laughs> the counselor says to me, So, what's your problem? I'm like, I think I'm transgender. And then he says, Yes, you are. Now, what's your problem? <laughs> really? <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, cool. But was it, was, yeah, it was really great. But at, when I got to that point, I had done it. I had done all. I'd done it all. I'd done all the reading. I'd done all the soul searching. And I was ready to start. And then once I started talking to this person, it's like, Holy shit, if I had just gone to a counselor before. I could have. Someone would have helped me. So you have unpack regrets? this stuff. Not that I have regrets, but it was just the idea that there was so much shame, and I could have gotten help. Like I could have, someone could have helped me deal with this that I didn't deal with it by myself. Um, yeah. And I mean, I was, I was fine because I was me, and I, I got to my decision alone. But I didn't have to. Do you give Caitlyn Jenner any credit for helping trans people out in terms of just the 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 awareness? Yeah, maybe. Um. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't think she needs any. I'm just curious. Yeah, I look. I know there are definitely people who um, were affected positively by her story, and particularly when she first came out. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Um, she's, it's just that her story is not the same as mine. Yeah. And I think me personally, I. I yeah, I I'm just not wild about her as a person. Yeah, exactly. I think that's it. I don't. I don't think um, Caitlyn Jenner is a bad trans person. I just don't think. She's, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, she's she's entitled to her ad- identity, absolutely. 50 minutes of talking about this issue. Yeah. Is there anything else going on in your life that you want to plug? <laughs> um, I don't know. We you know, got a week left at the fringe. Um, oh yeah, go see if you guys are at the fringe. Although actually to be honest, yeah, this probably won't come out for a while. No, nah, probably going to put it on Monday. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we're pretty much sold out anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, you're good. We're good. Uh, we got any plans to go to Ireland though? This is really mostly listened to in Ireland. Yeah. Uh, we've been once before. Um I mean, it's just a, it's well it's in Ireland. If you ever get a chance to listen to Axis of all, yeah, well you do. You, we go on the internet. You got to Oh yeah, YouTube check channel. out their YouTube clips. Nearly three hundred thousand subscribers. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, uh, you didn't get humble. No. <laughs> the humbles haven't made him. Haven't made him. I've just listed a no, fact. I'm, 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 I didn't listen to fact. We have nearly three hundred thousand. I'm absolutely kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, YouTube access of awesome. Check us out. We're seeing funny songs. Oh, the last thing I, I there was a question earlier, and then Al distracted. Oh us yeah, and I, I lost the question. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you can edit it back in if you like. Yeah, did you? Did, was it tougher for your mother or father, or were they both? Oh, it's tougher th- for dad. Yeah. Oh, it was right. Yeah. Yeah, because like a Greek dude, right? Yeah, and but he was also like a quite a, quite an alpha. Well, he's quite an alpha guy. He he was a international Footballer, international right? soccer player. Yeah. yeah, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Uh, so my mum's been pretty on board from the beginning. So. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the, you know, we bumped into Al because yeah. I, I interviewed Al two weeks ago. Right. And. Uh, he, he, it was funny. It was tougher for his mom when he came out. Yeah, as a gay man. Of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. he didn't come out, uh, you know, as a, as a transgender. But he, uh, yeah, he, it was tougher for his mom. Yeah. So That's just in case, I mean, I, I, I will yeah. have cut it out. Yeah, yeah. But just in case, there was a, there was a bit of a sort of a narrative. Sure. Yeah. Because I had talked to him about his no, no, mom, no, cool. and then cool. you know, so we were chatting other things. So there's a bit, but yeah. I'm gonna cut it out anyway. I didn't, I didn't like it after the fact. <laughs> yeah. No, it's anyway, fine. I mean. I, I think the thing with offense and humor and whatever, like, I think everyone's everyone's trying not to be offensive. Like people who are people in positions of privilege, trying not to be offensive. Like well-meaning people. Yes. And then they become defensive when they misstep, and someone points it out. Um, I think that dynamic's kind of all wrong. It's just like it's like you shouldn't try and stop being offensive. You should try trying to hurt people. Yes. Or, or or at the very least, listen when someone says that they were hurt. 
Yeah, well, that would be my fear that so, I hurt you there. But, but the, the problem but is when you're hanging out with comedians. But the thing is, you're, I, you're less you, guarded. If you if you hurt me, I would have I would have said, oh, I found that hurtful. Um, would you think about it? And then yeah. that's and, th- and that's the thing is and the advice I kind of give to other comedians who talk about uh, you know how do I do not be offensive and I was like you're going to be offensive you're going to offend people if you hear that you're offend some offended think about that person think about how much you love them how much you care for them how much respect you have for them and weigh that up against the joke like if you say that you respect women and a bunch of women come up and say that your jokes misogyn- misogynist yes then think okay well do I need this joke more than I respect women like. Do whatever jokes you want. Like honestly, you have the freedom to say whatever you like. But if you, you can't say whatever you like, and also say that you care about the people, and saying I didn't mean to be offensive is not an excuse. That doesn't excuse you from continuing to do the joke. You can yeah. you can say I didn't mean to be offensive, and you say sorry, and you've now heard that it was offensive, and so if you're sorry, you change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the thing is, it's we're never going to get it all right, and that's fine. Yeah. And you're not you're not going to encounter trans people in most of your life, so you're gonna. Fuck yeah, up. you're not gonna have the right vernacular all the time. No, you're and, not gonna and, nail it, and you're not gonna nail it even when someone's pointed it out afterwards. You know, you're gonna have to rehearse it, and you have to get used to it, and that's all fine. But it's just about listening, and changing, and moving forwards. But it is gonna give you a good, unique voice on that great debate on what's offensive, what's not totally. offensive. When have you gone too far? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, that, 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 that totally, totally. That, that that's also interesting, and yeah. I'm sure. I, I mean, I've been asked that a million times, so yeah. I can't imagine. I can't imagine you're not gonna be asked. A no, totally. But I'm I'm quite at peace with it because I, I mean I I have gained a, a massive um, perspective, obviously. But it's like, you know, it just applying that rationale. It's like I might make a joke that would offend the, you know, Christian right, and so I'm like, cool. I don't have a lot of respect for the Christian right, so I don't yeah, care. Give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy to offend them. Yeah. Um. And also, yeah, or like if you make a joke about religion and people say that's offensive and you say, yeah, but under no circumstances can I, I understand why that's offensive. Yeah. I don't think that you should be offended because yeah. it's not even about you. So then it's okay. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just we're just people and we're interacting and it's hard to have the perspective of someone else. You yeah. know, I mean, you, I find you don't know. You don't I know honestly, what's going to hurt I me, find it know? harder to care when somebody says you've offended my beliefs. It's yeah. like, well, you can offend my beliefs. It's not going to break me down. But if you're offending who somebody is. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, well, you're, I've, if I've your religion is so deep as your identity that it offends you, then I guess I can understand, but I don't think it should ever be your yeah. identity. See, I don't say I don't say offense anymore when talking about myself. I say hurt. I know oh, I say right. I use the words hurt and I use the words rude. You know? Yeah. So I don't say that someone, oh, you're being offensive. I'm saying you be, you're being rude. And if someone hurts me, I say that they've been hurt. Because people listen to that. And people, yeah. and people have understand that. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to hurt someone. You know, because a lot of people think off- offense is taken on behalf of someone else. You know, someone says, yes, I'm offended. But a by lot that. of people do get offended on behalf of other people. And that's cool. I mean, we need allies. I mean, you know, transgender people make up 0.2% of the population. So if we're going to make progress for our cause, we're going to need people to stand up yes. and stand with us and yes. understand us. Um, but, you know, it's saying, oh, that, you know, that's offensive as opposed to, you know what, that hurts trans people. Is it different? It's, it, I think that's what people are meaning, you know, yes. when, they, when they, it's about hurt. That's a great debate, though. You're going to yeah. have a great voice in that great debate on people being offended on that on behalf of others. Yeah. What's hurtful, you know? Because there might be some funny shit about transgender people that people will find as they get to know them more, and it won't be hurtful to transgender yeah. people, and they'll enjoy it and they'll totally. laugh at themselves. I mean, that's and th- other people will get offended on their behalf. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest um, 
moments I had was when a young comic who was starting open mic, doing open mic competition, came up to me. And this is when I was still living as a guy. And he said, oh, do you have any advice? I'm like, don't do jokes about pedophiles. That's my advice. Don't do jokes about pedophiles. They're not funny. Oh, did he do one? And he said, you know, his response to me was, oh, no, 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 but I've got one that is funny. And I'm like, oh, it's not a fucking challenge. And that's the thing is it's like, it can be funny. Like, that's the thing with jokes. Like, it can be funny and hurtful. It totally, It can totally be funny. Like and there are pedophile jokes and there are transgender jokes. That are they're, funny. They're funny. Like it's fun. They hit the beats. They're funny. They're bizarre. They're whatever. Like, doesn't mean that's not going to hurt someone. Yes. And it's not. It's not an excuse if it is funny, and it's not a challenge. Yeah. And I mean there are and there are people who can talk about the topics and people who can do it well, and but if you're an open micer and you're an open mic white cisgender, eighteen um, year old boy. But open mics like doing jokes about pedophiles. I don't know why. It's a crutch. It's easy. Yeah. It's easy. The shock it's thing shock. is like a crutch. It's a, it's, yeah. Yeah. I guess we all do that. We I mean, I don't know. You know, I had, I, you know, when I started out, I had this sort of shtick about carrying a script on stage. Like I used to do this thing about, you know, I've got a script and it was part of the act, but I made it part of the act because I wasn't confident enough to do the show without a script. Right. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 it's part of the act that I'm playing this character who has to carry a script around. But it was just, a, it was a crutch. It was funny. It was a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. But then, yeah, it, I mean, eventually let it go. But that's good yeah. advice. Don't talk about pedophiles. Yeah. So what are you going to call? Oh, what's the next show you're doing? Uh, so I'm doing a show called Sad, Sad, Super Sad. Oh, my God, when will it end? At the Sydney Fringe. <laughs> Which is not about transitioning. No, there's, about there's little bits of it that will be about, about trans stuff. Um, uh, it's about depression? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I got depressed. And submitted the application while depressed, so that's why the show is now called. You're fucking it is. stuck doing a show called Sad, Sad, Super Sad. Well, in the end, yeah, basically, I'd forgotten. Next I, to the fucking Harbour Bridge, I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was drunk and depressed, and so it, now you're just gonna do whatever. Yeah, I, I, there were gonna be stuff about sadness in it, um, and I kind of wanted to explore sadness as a theme. Oh, another fucking tears of a clown well, conversation. Not, no, but no, but no, I, I don't mean you. I just yeah. mean I know the questions that are going to be asked now. Is, is this is this the quintessential tears of a clown? Yeah. Aren't all comedians sad people underneath? Yeah, I just want to, like, I, because I think there's humor in, there's humor in a divorced man putting on a birthday party for his son that he can't afford and nobody turning up. Like, that is funny, but it is tragic. Right, you know, like this man kind of on the like I've written this scene where he's on the phone to his ex-wife, going, "Why haven't you brought the kid over?" And she's like, "Well, you know, it's Thursday, it's my night with the kid." And she's like, "It's his birthday." He's like, "Yeah, but it's Thursday, it's my night. I've got a party ready. I can't afford this party, but I put a party on." How, how did he give the invitations out? And it's just that that awful situation. Yeah, that's pretty awful. Yeah, I, but I, it's, I'd like to know where the fucking punchline is coming <laughs> on that one. It's when the clown turns up. <laughs> 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 and then, the, and then the next scene is about the clown, and the, about that, the, and then the clown. The dad and the clown. Yeah, well, then the clown. I play the clown, and the clown is talking about how nobody wants clowns anymore, and they only want superheroes at their parties. <laughs> anyway, I, I like the show already, yeah. personally. I, mean, I, I hope it. I hope it comes to the. I hope yeah. we take it to the fringe next yeah, year. Yeah, I'll see what. It, I mean, for me, I just wanted to make a sandbox for myself and just play. Um, and so that's what it is. You know, it's like it's ten dollar tickets. Although no, there, there's one ticket each night that's five hundred dollars. What's that about? I don't know. Go to charity? No. See if anyone buys the five hundred dollar ticket. Yeah. And I'll give them a packet of biscuits or something. I don't know. I just when I've submitted it, they're like, "How much are your tickets?" I'm like, five hundred bucks. So one ticket and one ticket each and five hundred dollars. And they get nothing. No. Wow. I don't know yet. I haven't I haven't worked out what they you get. Maybe they get no get a nice chair or something. 
Or can get covered in blood. I don't know. God. Oh, you don't have periods, by the way. Sorry? That's the one, that, that's the one little lucky... Oh, see, that's a, that's a bad thing to say to a trans person. Really? That's a hurtful thing. Yeah. Oh, see, I'll take it back. I'm no, sorry. No, it's right. No, it is. But it's like... It, it, it is something that people say that they think they're going... You know, when women say, oh, you're lucky you'll never have a period. And I'm like... Oh, when a woman says it's hurtful too. Yeah. I mean, it, would you say it to a woman who's had a hysterectomy? Well, or a I woman who's... I wouldn't know. A cisgender woman who's, who's kind of kids or something. You know, has a... Has a has a has a has cancer has yeah, yeah. uterus out. Yeah, well I, d- I guess I wouldn't know. Yeah, but if you knew that, but you wouldn't make that j- joke. I'm not. I'm not. You don't need no, to be no, defensive. I'm, cu- I'm just saying. No, I'm. I'm uh, no, I'm just curious. Yeah, but it, like you know, I'm I'm a woman like any other woman. Yeah, and I'm a woman who can't have children. I'm a woman who doesn't have a period. Yeah, so when women say that, it's offensive too. Yeah, well, it's hu- it hurts. Yeah, okay. I t- I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And the other one, I mean, the other one that that kind of women say is like, "Oh my God, you've got better breasts than me." Or, "Oh my God, you," like when they say that m- they compare their body to my body, and there's oh, as if somehow that's as, not as, if, as if as in somehow I'm I have developed a m- more femis- feminine aspect of my body, and that's wrong. Like that, yeah, that, that yeah, somehow they've they've got shortchanged because their body ha- isn't like mine in a particular way, and, and why should I have that when I was you know male bodied and blah blah blah? Because um, I've got a pretty good boobs for a trans woman. I, as well. I, I just deliberately didn't check out your boobs. Yeah, they're pretty good. Is that offensive that I didn't check out your boobs? I'm <laughs> just kidding. But um, no, but that's cool because I, I thought I put my foot in it more. Like loads of people said to me, "Oh, you're gonna fucking put your foot in it loads." And I, I thought I put my foot in it more, so I'm glad yeah. I did at yeah. least once properly. No, but look, it's fine. Like even I'm not cutting that out. I'll tell you that. No, go for it. That's cool. I mean, it's like I don't think people would know that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's my response to not to not tell people to fuck off. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday. He's writing stuff about trans people um, from the context of being a minister, like a Christian minister. And he's like, I hope I hope I don't offend you and that you tell me to fuck off. And I'm like, um, you might. But I'm not going to tell you to fuck off. I'm going to tell yeah. you you're wrong. I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. And then hopefully you listen. Hey. Sorry, I was just that yeah. guy was looking a little aggressive. So he I did. Was just, yeah. I could uh, take him. I was just keeping uh, keeping an eye. <laughs> I thought I thought he was about to kick us actually. Yeah. Wow. But that's the that's the the pitfalls of doing a podcast in the meadows. And also the pitfalls of being a woman in the world. Oh. Just fearing um, assault. Oh, you fear that more now? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and and not only do I I feel it, I feel men's eyes on me, and I feel I feel um, at danger in many more ways than I ever felt. But I also feel less capable of handling it. Really? Like I feel like I've got a bigger target. You think you've lost the aggression because of the hormones? I've definitely, and, and I've lost muscle strength, loads of muscle mass. I'm I'm still I'm still quite I'm still reasonably strong physically, um, but nowhere near as strong as I was as a as a guy. Mm. So like. Not only did I walk through the world without caring if someone tried to attack me, I was also confident in the fact that I could beat the shit out of them. And if it ever happened, I maybe that oh. maybe that was a false confidence, but I no longer have that. Yeah, it's and gone. I also have this sense that if someone tries to sexually assault me, and they discover my trans status, then it will become very violent. You know. Yeah, I can understand. I, I would understand that, that if someone being tra- a if fear. someone if someone tried to rape me, that I would definitely end up dead. Jeez. Because it's, and that's that's the, this this weird thing with um, kind of this trans trans misogyny. It's again, it's that trap narrative that that we were talking about. Oh in, yeah, in back in at the beginning. Yeah, that that's the way it always is. It's like this thing was kept secret, and if it's discovered, it's yeah. And yeah. but it's so men um, encountering trans women in dates, if they find the trans woman attractive, and then discover that 
she's trans, that often becomes violent because they feel tricked. Yes, and, and they feel. And they. I, how, how did I? This. How is this part of me? Yeah, you need to destroy it. You've made me gay. Yeah, you've made me gay on purpose, um, and you've tricked me into being gay, and that that often ends in violence. Mm. Well, I'd like to finish on a happier note. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can edit this out and put it somewhere else. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'll, I'll swap it around. Uh, you're talking about my boobs again. Yeah. <laughs> nice tits. Yeah. They're nearly, I've uh, I've nearly hit a C cup. I'm over the fucking moon. Yeah, but you can. You, you had an augmentation, though, right? No. Nope. Oh, it's the hormones. It's hormones. Yeah, yeah. I've done. Yeah, no, apart from hormones, this is my body. Oh, so you were. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying before. It's like your body has the potential to grow breasts. If you took hormones, you'd grow breasts. Oh, so you actually don't know how big they're going to get? No, that's just genetics. Really? Yeah, same as any other woman. Fucking hell. But then, so, so, so maybe this is a stupid question, no. and I have to let you go because we're talking for so long. But yeah. like, if, if, if you take hormones and your breasts grow, can't women take hormones to get a different breast? No, they, have, they already have their hormones. Oh, yes. oh, so those hormones are creating it anyway. Okay. Yeah, so they've got, they, they did that. They grew their so it's not the teenagers. amount of hormones that's giving you breasts. It's the way that those hormones are reacting to your own genetics. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, fuck, Cena. And there's another thing I yeah. learned. Yeah. So the thing is, trans women generally have quite small breasts. Um, you know, if they transition at their later in life, and a big part of that is they grow breasts the size that their bodies um, dictate, their genetics dictate. But their rib cage has already grown in a male pattern. So I've got quite a lot of breast tissue, but I have a 44-inch rib cage. So I've got what appear to be quite small breasts if you kind of look at my chest, but there's there's enough there's a good there's a good handful of boob yeah. on a big chest, and if I had gone through a female puberty, my chest would be smaller, but my boobs would be maybe the same size. Yeah. Wow. I wouldn't have. Oh, you're 44. Yeah. But now that women's sizing is different anyway, right? So you don't have to deal with the fact that like you used to wear a 44 jacket and um, because now you're wearing clothes that are yeah for a woman anyway that yeah. take in. Bust. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what is the difference? A man, a man is wears a forty-four, like forty-four jacket. What is a woman's with the bust and everything? I don't know. I mean, I don't really wear jackets. I mostly oh, yeah, wear dresses you, and stuff. Oh, yeah, you're not going to the office. No. Oh. Um. Yeah. Okay, that's not important. That's right. But Jordan, thank you so much, no, and thank you for giving me so much time. Yeah, no, I've, I've had fun. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, your listeners are interested. Jordan, it's a guarantee they're going to be interested. <laughs> it's bloody mind-boggling. You know, like it's for you. You've lived through it for two well, years. That's it. Yeah. Like I am literally like this is what it. Like this is what I was saying. Like I've never known. You are the first person I've known. Yeah. To transition in in, in my life. You know. Yeah. So it is fucking fascinating. Yeah. You right. know, I don't I I don't consider you a fascination, but your yeah. journey now is fascinating. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Jordan. And thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the Des Bishop Podcast. This is being recorded pre-coffee at 8 a.m. in Edinburgh after an hour of packing. So next time we chat, I'll be back in Ireland. And uh, I think we're going to have Deirdre O'Kane. Deirdre O'Kane this Thursday, which is, uh, which is nice and something nice to look forward to. And, uh, yeah, uh, spread the word as always tweet me at Des Bishop, Snapchat, Des Buffer and, uh, Instagram, Des Bishop, Facebook forward slash, Facebook forward slash Des Bishop, Facebook.com forward slash Des Bishop. Um, no shows to promote coming up. 
I might be an international on at the weekend, but that's not a promise. That's a maybe. Uh, but you should always go to the International Comedy Club on Wicklow Street in Dublin for the best comedy. For our international listeners, I apologize. Uh, I have nothing to plug for you guys. But anyway, we will chat to you soon. I love you all. Peace. Subscribe. 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 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.